They don't appreciate it. I know. I'm looking at this whiskey in front of me. So this, I'm just out of curiosity. Should we get rolling? Is this an introduction or is this? The... <laughs> yeah. You know what? If, if he's looking at the whiskey before him, that people, means we need to start another episode. There's some people that probably are like... The other third guy, and dear listener, no, no clue. dear listener, welcome to the Savor the Burn podcast. My name is Jonathan. Across the table from me is Mr. W2, and tonight we have the privilege of uh, enjoying whiskey and uh, a delicious brownie from the spectacular Katie with uh, Chandler. Hello. Second time caller, <laughs> long time listener. Um, and for some of you that you're like, why, why did you call for the second time? And I'm like, because... I'm here for the because br- the first time no one answered. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't even sure I called the right number, so I kind of had to call back again. Yeah, I requested a song and I got nothing, so I was really like trying to. I was trying to call back in just to make sure that I was being heard, but now I'm here for the brownies. He's here I, for the brownies. So you got, again, you give, him, you give him one. He's hooked. Again, thank you so much for allowing me to be here. I really mm-hmm. appreciate the brownies. I will Thanks see for you later. Thanks like, for time great. and yeah. and, yeah. and definitely yeah. coming yeah. over and hanging out because no, uh, we're gonna milk this for every 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 <laughs> minute of content that we can. No, I, I want the brownie. I, I want the bur- <laughs> I want the I want the bourbon this time. I want the whiskey. And the Wiki. And tonight on uh, this episode of uh, Savor the Burn, we're going to try one of W2's favorites. It's a yeah. uh, it's a whistle pig small batch rye aged ten years. So yeah, so what's up next here is the whistle pig small batch ten year rye whiskey. This was a bottle that was uh, gifted to me, and it is. It has become one of my favorite ryes. And it's a beautiful bottle, too. They put out some some good stuff. I did not know this, but reading through a little bit of the description on the distillery, it is a farm in Vermont. 2007, a band of dedicated rye enthusiasts bought a farm in Vermont, lovingly named Whistle Pig Farm. Hmm. You know, reading through this, that's kind of where it began, and this is their their tenure. So it, it's aged... Uh, a little bit longer than your your standards, and uh, it retails for an eighty four dollars. So it's a it's a little bit higher price bottle than what we have done here recently. It's a straight rye whiskey, and it is at a hundred proof, so it's fifty percent alcohol. So it'll be a little hot, at least we know going into it. We're not going to be surprised by yeah. it. What do you get off the nose? Before we even get to that, you know, as I was pouring it, you know, just to point out, you know, you, I think I heard you comment on the color. Yeah. The tasting notes on this have the appearance listed as a burnished bronze, huh. which I kind of agree with. It's definitely uh, a lot darker in color yeah. than a, a lot of them. You know, we end up have tried a lot of amber yeah, and amber, like pale, dark straw honey, and, pale straw yeah, and light honey. I don't think we've gotten into any uh, white whiskeys yet, have we? We have not. But yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a rye whiskey and everybody knows that if you've been listening to any length of time, I'm a fan of rye. Yeah. Uh, rye whiskeys and, and bourbons. I get a lot of butterscotch on this one. Butterscotch? You know, a, a lot of the whiskeys, a lot of the bourbons, even a lot of the, the ryes. Caramel is one of those things that 
you hear people talk about, and we've talked about over and over and over, yeah. caramel, vanilla, and all that. And this oh, one, I different. get a lot of butterscotch on this one. So, like, what what you have down here is basically butterscotch and honey, spice, and a hint of mint. And for me, I get that butterscotch as well. I get the butterscotch, and then the spice hits. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I wasn't expecting the butterscotch like to hit like my nose in, in sense mm-hmm. because it's butterscotch is such a more mellow like smell. Mm-hmm. That like kind of but like if you if leave you, the back of your nose open and let it let the smell roll over your tongue you can taste smell the the butterscotch i don't know if that's a normal thing to do but yeah but I like can, it's it's there it's <laughs> just like you've got to kind of like be patient a little bit yeah. Like yeah. letting your nose like seek that that part of the but i don't and, know if i would have noticed it if you if it wasn't mm. also initially pointed out like i yeah. don't i don't know if my nose would have like and like jump straight to it and the notes say you know a hint of mint which i'm not picking up on the mint the it says uh spice but i don't know if i'm picking up on spice or if that's just the heat from the, i'm picking up a, a just from the, the faintest hint of a mint hmm. I, i'm picking up a little bit of it but it is hmm. very very subtle well i'm gonna introduce this let's, to uh, my mouth <laughs> let's dive into this wow that's a bit hot chandler's looking at me with a face I feel what the, you got? I feel the heat. Like I, oh, like, it's got heat. I, I feel it. I feel it all the way into like my heart. It's like pumping a little bit faster now. <laughs> yeah, I went past the stomach into the heart, which ain't a bad thing. Yeah, like when it's I'm in, when it, when it's cold, like when it's cold, like I'll, I'll give me a squig of this and I'll, <laughs> I'll jumpstart all over again. And there's, I guess that's a finish. But it talked about the spices as the taste. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I the spices is on, is baking the, spice. Is that on the mouth? Yeah. Yeah. Flavor, taste, palate. Powerful baking spices and pralines with vanilla and more. Praline, uh, there's a texture to it uh, after you chewed them up and swallowed them. Mm-hmm. Uh, that it's like whatever's kind of left on the tongue, uh, inhibiting other flavors to pass through. It's just like it's pretty much holding your 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 taste buds hostage. Mm-hmm. To me, pralines or pecans whatever you want to call them they uh, they do that for me sometimes so um that's uh that's something that that I'm getting off this whistle pig uh, it had uh, an oakiness to me I don't see oakiness in the thing but no nope. uh, there there's an oakiness to it which I expected there to be an oakiness to it anyway uh, because it's been aged 10 years in a in a barrel but uh yeah it was it was a bit hot I think this would be a good candidate for uh, the old uh, you know melting melting half an ice cube in it and uh, swirling it around and knocking some of that that proof down, so I can you know taste things a little bit a little bit better. Uh, this is this is a very very it's very tasty, and that was just first pull, mm-hmm. so I can I can always come back and give it another taste and see what more I can pick up on it. But yeah, the spiciness it's there uh, because it's that rye. And I read here in your notes while you were talking earlier that they grow their own. Yeah, well, and I just read on here that you know one of the the big differentiations between this and a lot of other ryes. Which a lot of other ryes are a at least fifty one percent rye. Uh huh. This is one hundred percent rye. Okay. Huh. So my only feedback at the moment is that that spice has stung the taste buds way more than I was like expecting or maybe a little bit hoping for. Uh huh. So like my tongues feel like I got a little bit of like small daggers that are like yeah <laughs> like shiving into it a little bit and i'm like okay well this is not what i was like expecting i'm not saying that it's a bad thing but i think maybe it's just a thing that i wasn't prepared for Uh um 
I'm going to keep on taking some sips to just get yeah. a better understanding. But yeah, that, that spice on the second um, taste really hit. Yeah, second taste. Second taste, I can still pull, I can still feel the, uh, or taste the taste the oak. The, um, not so much the butterscotch, but that was that was just a, from the nose. There's vanilla. Mm-hmm. That's in the notes, and I agree. The notes talk about, on the finish, bold and strong with toffee. So on the finish, your butterscotch kind of gives way to more of a toffee and wooden spice in the first line. I don't know what wooden spice means, but I think I understand wooded it. spice. Wooded. Yeah. I think, I, I don't know what it means by definition yeah. or by example, but as I'm experiencing the finish firsthand, mm-hmm. it makes sense. It's like I can, that translates because try- it's, it's oakiness and it's rye. I'm trying to think of like, what are some spices that are more tree leaning than like leaves? Clove. Clove. Those come in, you know, the little uh, little spikes. Uh-huh. Um, like anise mm-hmm. or anise, anise, depending on how you want to pronounce it. Little star-shaped spice yep. pod. And being on here and tasting the, like, dead guy versus this one, it's just such a stark difference. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. It's just such a different thing where, as you said at the end of the like that episode of like there is no way to compare that mm-hmm. compare that to and it this makes one. it makes this kind of difficult to do sometimes because you you want to because like you you've got that benchmark and the mm-hmm. benchmark is based off of the last one that you had mm-hmm. and so when you you go on to your second or third or fourth sometimes mm-hmm. uh taste um it's like well this one is better than that one but that's not that's not our um our intent like we don't mean to do it yeah but we are doing it like we are comparing it mentally to that experience uh, of the uh, of the previous tasting when it comes back to rating it our one to ten um we uh we really do try to hold fast to the uh, to our self-imposed rule of uh judging it to itself because it's it's unfair to compare I think it also is why up to this point we've gravitated towards kind of when we sit down and start tasting a handful of them together, mm. we kind of approach it as all the same style. Yeah. So we have a little bit more of that commonality between them it's that like, we can kind of contrast and, and compare mm-hmm. between. This Araya is vastly different than a straight whiskey. Mm-hmm. And next up is going to be a bourbon, which is going to be very, very different from a rye. Yeah. Uh, and still very different from just the, your straight whiskey. And so, yeah, tasting it and, and kind of commenting and reviewing it without the influence of what you've had previously and very whatnot difficult. becomes a, a lot more difficult. But also allows you to kind of what you thought you knew with the last tasting does not hold true mm-hmm. now so and we've learned that just in the first couple uh episodes or well first recording sessions yeah because like what you were alluding to we will uh we'll have a bit of a theme going uh mm-hmm. for a recording session and a recording session is just a night and then on that night we try three or four different uh whiskeys and you know split it up and make several episodes out of it but yeah, we we've learned that lesson, also. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's definitely making it more difficult to react to and 
and find the things to pull from and, and mm-hmm. comment about. But I also feel like there's a little bit more genuine honesty that kind of comes with that evaluation too, mm-hmm. because you can't you're compare. It. Yeah, you're you're not comparing it to what you just had because it is so different. Right. 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 And, and that's why originally I was going to put these in, you know, straight whiskey, bourbon, rye mm-hmm. order or something like that uh, as a progression kind of a thing. But I decided to flip flop them a little bit so that there would be a larger contrast mm-hmm. in the tastings. I think one of the things that I'd be interested in knowing, just based on the write up that you gave, is that, you know, um, the master distillers from maker's mark yeah and so i'd be interested mm-hmm. to know mm-hmm. what maker's mark would taste like or like and if there are any similarities to this yeah. even though that it's awry like because i just wonder what the distiller brings to the table in the sense of like that process and how that like impacts the taste sure there there has to be uh, something that you know a, a distiller is going to bring his own passions and his own preferences and right. and, and his own style his, his own, own style to it. And granted, probably now you don't get a one to one, right? Because right. like he's not there anymore. Right. But like you might be able to get closer because Maker's Mark like has this. A yeah. distinct taste. They've got a specific formula, yes. and they stick to it, and they have for a well, very and, long time. And knowing, and maybe he always thought, "I wonder what we could like if we did this, but if we used rye instead." Yeah, you know, because for me, Maker's Mark has a bit of a sour, uh, a sour uh, element to mm-hmm. it, and uh, you know, it it does remind me a little bit of Maker's Mark, but it's and maybe this is just uh, suggested or suggestive thinking or whatever uh, thoughts going on here. But when I read uh, that Master Distiller Dave Pickerel, formerly of Maker's Mark, I thought, well, shit, that's what this kind of reminds me of, is Maker's Mark, only it's not, I don't, is Maker's Mark a, a, a sour mash? I think it is. All right, so if it is, then, because like when, when I think of Maker, Maker's Mark, I think it's a sour mash whiskey, like, mm-hmm. uh, who is it, uh, I think Jack Daniels is, and... Uh, maybe Jim Beam is also, but um, uh, instead of the sour mash, we got rye, and that was my initial uh, impression uh, when I when I tasted it in the mouth. Um, I didn't quite know what to expect uh, uh, on the nose, and I wasn't really expecting the finish. But the the finish with wooded spice, I mean, it's like I don't know if that means like oak and rye, but that's the way my uh, my taste buds are are interpreting that. Interpreting, interpretificating, interpretify. So Google says that Maker's Mark is a mash bill of 70% corn, 16% wheat, and 14% malted barley. Hmm. Well, however that translates to the to the palate. Maker's um, Mark uses a sour mash process. There okay. You go. Okay. And I think I should probably write this down. Give them that paper sound. To, <laughs> to look up, damn it, to define sour mash. Actually, I've got another pen. Old trusty pen. So I take my uh, notes and, and I write them down on my agenda. Define sour mash. 
slash process and figure out what that is. I still have to do my homework on the uh, on the cold uh, filtering thing. And I, I have done a little bit. I'm still kind of trying to wrap my head around the process. But uh, they bring it down to uh, freezing temperatures to... Um, uh, like I have the what, but I don't have the why mm. memorized. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, I know it has to do with uh, filtering out certain things so they can make the contents of the barrel stretch further and get more product out of it, and uh, in the in the end, get more money out of it. But uh, whiskey snobs will say it affects the taste, and I'm sure it does. It has to. It also uh, like you won't have like something this proof at a, a hundred proof. You're not gonna find. It has to be like a certain. I forgot what the the ABV uh, percentage is, but like after a certain percentage, you won't have to worry about that. But again, when it dips down to a certain percentage and below, it's very possible that you'll have certain things in there that that can be filtered out with the cold mm. with the cold filter. They get it down to freezing temperatures, and it it freezes solid whatever it is that they're trying to get out of it, and then that gets caught in their metal mesh or, or their cloth filtration or whatever it is, and then that's taken out. And then what you're left with is a cleaner product that doesn't mm-hmm. cloud up so much when you add water to it. And that's how they stretch out their, their uh, product and get more money out of it. But uh, does anybody have a, uh, a 1 to 10 rating on this one? Mr. W2, mm-hmm. how do you feel about it? This is one of your favorites. So this I'm, is, I'm this... expecting uh, a 5 or above. <laughs> At least a 5 and a half. This is one of my favorite ryes. Uh, I have grown quite fond of this. And you started um, off not liking ryes at all. I, I think, you know, years and years and years ago, my first explorations into whiskeys was stumbling into a rye, not knowing what a rye, bourbon, mm. or straight whiskey was. And it was just, and I don't remember what it would have been, but I just remember it being just so hot that... It was not for me. And then years later, uh, as I've kind of been figuring this all out, I found myself back to Rise. This, you know, another one of my favorite Rise is the Jefferson Reserve uh, Cognac Finish. Which I was going to say is probably the first rye that I've, rye whiskey that I've ever had. Yeah, that's a wonderful rye. It has a sweet finish to it, so it Uh it brings something completely different to the table. It still has a lot of that same hotness to it, that same rye spice to it, but then it's rounded out by a nice sweet finish of the cognac. Which you might also... uh... We'll, we'll bring that down at some point, too. Yeah. I, I'm thinking uh, another way to sweeten the finish on that would be uh, the sherry casks. Cause it, Absolutely. Because it, it seems like um, anytime we've had anything with a, that's been aged or finished or whatever in the, in, the, mm-hmm. in the aging process in a sherry cask, it's usually had a sweet finish yeah. on it. Or a sweeter finish. Yeah. I'm going to give this one an eight. An eight. Has anything ever had an eight yet? From me? Yeah, from you. From the W2... The W2 rating. P-I, the (laughs) W2 power index right there. Uh Uh-huh. I don't know if anything's had it. Oh, Red Breast. Oh, Red Breast. That might have been like Red Breast was an eight and a half. Eight and a half, yeah. Okay, wow. Okay. So this is is your standard for for Rise. This is a good standard for me for Rye, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So if like someone's looking for a solid gift... Yeah. ...to hook dubs up with mm-hmm. yeah this is it would be red breast irish whiskey 
or it would be Whistle Pig Rye, Small Batch Rye. Ten years, please. Or Woodford Reserve. <laughs> you, you're a big fan of that, too. Um, I, I love me some. Yeah, okay. but Katie's got that market cornered because uh, of his uh, five-year anniversary. Is the uh, like the, There's a theme yeah. for, for your anniversaries, yeah. and mm-hmm. the benchmark at five years is wood. My wife gave me wood. <laughs> Por supuesto. Of course she did. Of course she did. <laughs> well, for me... Uh, unless you want to go, do you do you have an uh, an assessment, Chandler, or do you still need you to process? Go for, and think you go about first. It? You go first. All right. All right. I think for for this one, it's uh, it's definitely hot, but I expected it to be hot mm-hmm. because it's a hundred proof. Like, 100 proof. how is it not going to be? But um, I I think Whistle Pig Rye. I don't know. I I probably I probably put it at a at a seven. Okay. I think because uh, it's got a great character to it. It, it brings a lot to the table, even though like you're gonna get, you're not gonna get burned, but you're you're gonna you're gonna feel that burn, you're gonna savor that burn, mm-hmm. uh, all the way down. I think, actually, I've got a little bit of water here. Let me add a couple drops, tops. You've got a whiskey that is a hundred proof. Yeah, that right there is already recipe for some heat. Yeah, and it's mm-hmm. a rye whiskey. Mm-hmm. The rye spice by itself brings. A spiciness right. that adds fuel to that fire. Right, and I did make a note uh, here, like the uh, the fire and the heat that we talk about. Um, uh, does that does that equal spice, or yeah. the other way around? It, well, I, I wrote it down wrong. Does the spice equal the fire or the or the heat that we talk about? I don't think it does because the uh, the spice you feel in the mouth mm-hmm. the heat okay, okay. the heat you you feel on the way down yeah sure initially you dig you do get the heat on the mouth but it's pretty much it evaporates it's, mm-hmm. it's pretty well gone uh the heat that you find you know traveling its way down through your gullet i don't know if that's spice so much because we don't have you know taste buds down there in our esophagus but we but we do have some kind of flame receptors going on <laughs> down there so i think uh my initial assessment uh my first impression was uh this is very hot uh as far as like uh, the proof and the alcohol content or whatever but i had to keep reminding myself that this is a rye whiskey so what we're getting here what i'm getting here is more heat from the spice of the mm-hmm. rye than the heat from the proof yeah and i brought that up because i was just thinking about uh, recently, one of the bourbons we tried from Sweeten's Cove, the Kennessee, that yeah. was that was a 110 proof right. bourbon. And with that one, I remember that one being uh, a little on the hot side, yeah. but it also had a lot of sweet flavors that were in there too that I think dulls down some of that heat or whatever. Uh-huh. I don't remember that one having a very long, hot finish. On there, so uh, again, in my head, trying to compare but not compare. Right, you right. Know. And I just, I diluted mine, dear listener, with a slight amount of water in my uh, my whiskey glass from uh, my Glencairn whiskey glass. And um, after doing so, actually, uh, dear listener, I would not suggest it. Um, it instead of um, bringing the heat down and widening the ability to really dissect the the flavor profiles in this it um it augmented it to where mm. the 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 finish on this was not toffee and wooded spice like like it initially was it, unfortunately it it changed it to uh what was it like vanilla 
and uh, licorice. So um, I would not dilute this with half an ice cube. I I would just unless it was uh, part of the process of making a cocktail. <clears throat> so I believe this would work great in in a in an old fashioned, or a, a whiskey sour possibly. Uh, as far as uh, drinkability goes, sipability, you know, hanging out, long day at work, relaxing, enjoying yourself, watching the evening news, fed up with politics, so you change it to local news, watching the weatherman lie. Watching wrestling. Maybe watch a little wrestling. That's right. That's right. You're opening the doors for me to talk about wrestling. So. Are you a wrestling fan? So, like, not huge. But uh-huh. I mean, I grew like I grew up on it. I still like kind of monitor it. Uh-huh. Okay. So I mean, I know like WrestleMania, like as we're recording this, yeah. WrestleMania is happening this weekend. Okay. I'm not. I don't lose my mind, but I like. I feel like. So you know the average be in the, ring. the average guy, like growing up, hit a point in their life where wrestling was like a thing that people talked about. For me, I grew up in the era of like Stone Cold, The Rock. Okay. You know. D Generation X, like okay. all of that, like yeah. that was me, and so you know, I had like, yeah, do I want to run around giving people stunners? Absolutely, like I, they like, deserve <laughs> it. They don't use the fucking there's turn nothing, signal. That's what's going to happen. There's nothing like watching Stone Cold give stunners to people. Like, nothing. N- like nothing. I'll stand up in the living room, <laughs> fist in the air. Yes. You know, there's a there's because, a there's a clip of like back when this WWF of like. Him giving like twenty one stunners, like, and I think it was like the merger or something like that. Yeah. It's just like watching like NWO came to town, and he was like, "I'm yeah. not having this." Yes, and it's just like, <laughs> and watching somebody kick someone in the gut and then like break their nose with their shoulder is uh-huh. absolutely amazing. Yeah, like I like I enjoy the rock bottoms, fine, whatever, all that type of stuff. But like, if you said, "What is one finishing move or whatever that you would?" want to do on a regular basis like that was that was that and then i have a and i I have a weird thing about i don't know what it is but i think it's because of like the commitment gold dust is somebody that wow okay that okay fascinates me because i maybe it's because i just think it's so funny of the shattered dreams production Mm -hmm. and that that his shattered dreams is is kicking someone in the balls which I'm like, yeah, that's fair. Uh huh. And for some strange reason, I'm like that that guy committed. Like, props to him for committing. Yeah. Because I don't know if I would be at that level of commitment of dressing like that, performing like that, or mm-hmm. anything like like you know feather, feather boa, one right. tight leather suit. I, I I mean I went to it South. Looks good on Liv Morgan. Yeah, but. It's just not not a thing that I do, but right you know now nowadays we got we got the uh, second coming of the roads or the th- maybe third yeah. coming of the roads mm-hmm. American nightmare. Listen, I I'm I just want you to know that I'm I'm a well versed I'm a worldly man. Okay. And okay. I'm and I'm aware of things that are happening. We we got the Uzo the you know the yeah Uso. the Uzos Uzos yeah. yeah. We we know about. I'm not that. a fan of them. I think I think that that's. Uh, I think there's coattails to be ridden, and they're riding them hard. I think that that's that's probably fair. That's I think that that's fair. But like right we, now, Roman Reigns being the heel of all heels, it's uh, it doesn't seem fitting to him. I I, I don't know what happened in his life. He talked made to, him turn. He talked to Paul Heyman. It's that damn manager <laughs> of his. He talked to Paul Heyman. Or was it the other way around? Did Paul Heyman talk to him? 
got in his head. Anyway, that just, listen, again, I'm a worldly man. I'm aware right. of what's going on yep. in the world. So I have a, like a finger on the pulse of yeah. WWE just in case. I'd like to see Stone Cold Steve Austin come back and give Gunther a, a stunner. Gunther. That'd be great. Yeah. It, like Or the Undertaker show up and take take care of something. That for me, good, it's, that for was me, a good retirement for, fight. For, for me, it's not the same anymore. I will say this: it's old, not the, old AJ didn't see any same. of that coming. It's not. It's not the same. The wrestling is not the same as back in my day when mm-hmm. I was, you know, a young kid. AJ had him in a coffin, lowered him into the ground. He's standing over it, smiling. Job well done. What is this behind him? Who's in the driver's seat? The Undertaker. <laughs> he knocked him into the grave that he built for the Undertaker. Buried him. Nothing but his hands sticking out. That's after he whipped everybody's ass. This is that's another thing where I say like it's not the same. Where it's like some of the hijinks that of the Attitude Era had mm-hmm. of watching Stone Cold in a Zamboni, watching him in a monster truck, watching him in <laughs> you know in a uh, uh, beer truck. Like, uh-huh. there is something to be said about that man in vehicles. But even, like, watching uh, uh, Kurt Angle come out with a milk truck, you don't, you don't get the same, no. <laughs> the same thing as, nowadays as you did back in the day. No. And for anyone that's it's not a, a wrestling fan. Of, it's a different it, kind of fan. For, for anyone that's not a wrestling fan is probably sitting here and saying, like, that's the thing that, like, you're, like. Yeah, you're, they're like, these you're, fucking you, dorks. You're attracted to, but I'm like, <laughs> cement truck. Stone Cold in a cement trunk, filling up, you know, um, Vince McMahon's uh, nice Corvette. Whatever happened to Vince McMahon, he had it coming. Yes. <laughs> but anyway, that's that's how I, that's those are my thoughts on wrestling, um, and my thoughts on the Whistle Pig. Yeah. Is that I will say that like I I struggle with I think from experience that's like that's that's. Like, I think that's what I lean towards when it comes to my critique is mm-hmm. always, like, what will this experience be? So, like, I think my first question was going to be was... So it's not based on what your experience has been that evaluates it. It's what will my experience be? Or, like, continue to be. Like, okay. I was like, I had this, okay, and it's like, wow. that's great. And then, yeah. like, okay, what would I do with this? Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think, like, what I was going to critique it on, like, or, like, what I to get a good idea of like how I see things is like, I love to cook. Like Mm -hmm. I love to cook. There's something to be said about like having a steak and there's something to be said about having like a steak meal. So with the green beans and the mashed potatoes or whatever that you're adding to it. So like, I want to think about like, well, what does this steak bring to the table? But at the same time, what does the rest of the meal Mm -hmm. potential meal bring to the table? So, I guess you mentioned a couple of cocktails, and you say the say those cocktails again that you think uh, that a whiskey sour or a uh, uh, just the uh, old fashioned. Okay, and what do you think, like as a cocktail for for this? Yes, yes for for this the whiskey pig rye. I was thinking for this it would be a boulevardier. Okay, boulevardier. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's something I haven't had. Boulevardier, I actually was doing a little bit of research today. Uh, it's actually one that my sister introduced me to. Uh, Boulevardier is the exact same recipe as a Negroni, uh-huh. which is a gin cocktail. It's just substitute rye whiskey f- for 
the gin. Uh, okay. So it's got Campari, it's got sweet vermouth, and then your rye. I think okay. you can also make it with bourbon also, but rye is the, the typical way to make it. Uh, right. And as I was kind of re- doing a little bit of research today and, and reading up on it, I learned that the first time the cocktail Boulevardier was pinned as a cocktail is 1927. Hmm. So it's a cocktail that's been around for quite a while. Yeah. But it's also Damn one... Damn near 100 years. Yeah. But it's one that gets forgotten about uh, because it's not it's not one of your, your common staples. Yeah. Well, so that's kind of what say. I was thinking of. Kind of a weird name. Kind of weird to... I'd, I'd like a boulevardier, please. So I'll say this. Like, based on the drinks that you have suggested, mm-hmm. for me, like, I probably would give it a 7.5... Mm-hmm. Or like an eight, somewhere around there, probably like close to the seven point five, just because like again, a rye is going to have a distinct mm-hmm. taste, mm-hmm. and that's right. something that like if you are not about it, then you are not about it. Like yeah. it's yeah. not gonna. Yeah. There's nothing that's gonna like fully change your mind. And I will say that I struggle with something that is so hot that like I like I'm like okay. I just wanted this to be smooth. Yeah. Granted, it's a rye. I have to like, I have to acknowledge that and understand mm-hmm. that. And it's a hundred proof. It's a hundred proof. Yeah. That's also true. So like, then I I have to like think about what you mentioned about the process and the respect of giving that this is getting closer to the purest version of like trying to get to the perfect version of this mm-hmm. drink that you uh like that you could possibly get to. And so that's why I give it the 7.5 because then I'm like thinking other experiences. For me, I don't know if I would be drinking this on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. This would be a little bit more few and far between. Mm -hmm. It would not be something that I would, you know, go out of my way. I'd be interested to know what a whiskey sour tastes like. I'd be interested to know um, what um, the drink that you mentioned, Wayne, say that again. Boulevardier. Boulevardier Mm -hmm. would taste like. And so like I think that... That might change my perspective, mm-hmm. but like, again, if I had it by by itself as a steak, it'd just be like, okay, like this is, you know, this is good, this is great, this is a lot. I don't know if I'm gonna like, you know, go back to the waiter and be like, give me a second one of these. Yeah. Um, maybe with the rest of the meal, this might change the whole entire perspective mm-hmm. that I have about it. Yeah. Uh, while you were talking, I started to think. I've I've mentioned uh, an old fashioned. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. The only old fashions I've had, I believe, uh, well, besides the West Bottoms uh, whiskey old fashioned. And wow. Right. Like, you want to talk about a new standard. That some bitch. Chandler was there. Mm-hmm. Did, did you have one of those? The which, old fashioned? Which one is that again? From the West Bottom Whiskey Company. I think that I did. Like, you, you had a, a couple of you, drinks. I think that you gifted me one right. of those. Right. That's what I was talking about. Like, if, <laughs> if, if you were within speaking vicinity of me, let Try this. Shouting, yeah. like, hey, they need one. <laughs> yeah, I walked out of there with a hell of a tab, but it was worth it. You know, it's like you said, that experience of, um, you know, having your drink with other yeah. people, like minded people, and having a good time. That's um, 100% worth it, 150% worth it. But um, this, okay, so uh, when I think old-fashioned, it, it's, it's done with, uh, with a, a, you know, an, old, an old-fashioned um, uh, sour mash uh, whiskey. Mm-hmm. And so this one doesn't have that. So instead of, uh, so like that wouldn't be my go-to, I don't think, for this. It, it might work great. It might work just fine. Sure. 
Uh, it's actually one of the first couple things that came to mind when when I tasted it. Neat uh, that this might actually work great in an old fashioned or a, a whiskey sour. But if I had options, I would go with something different than a whiskey sour because this it's not or than a than an old fashioned because uh, it doesn't come with sour ready readily available on the palate. Yeah. So I if, agree. If we're going to start with a with a if we're going to turn this into a, a Boulevardier later, mm-hmm. uh, that's probably a good call, if not the best call for this Whistle Pig Rye. So yeah. one to you said one to ten, you would give it a an eight. I give it a seven point five. I'm leaning closer to the seven point five than I do to the eight. Okay. Yeah, we'll just call it seven point five. I gave it a seven. Seven. He g- you and, gave it a seven. And W two gave it an eight. Mm-hmm. So we're kind of in the same kind of ballpark. But I also think that it's really leaning towards a preference. Because, it is. Sure. Because Absolutely. I think that Dubs is talking about, like, I really like the rise. I've grown to like the rise. And it's like, right. if you really like rise, then this is probably going to be up your alley. Right. Yeah. But, like, it's like if you are, for me, like, still just dabbling in this, you know, vicinity of rise. It is something that I'm like, I respect and understand yeah. the heritage that it takes to create a great rye whiskey. Yeah. But at the same time, this is uh, still, again, I gave the description of that I felt like my tongue was being shivved a little bit. And I'm like, right. I still got <laughs> I got, still got to take care of my tongue. I still right. got to figure out like, what do I really love about it or don't like love about it? Mm-hmm. And again, I think that there are some drinks that you could create that would bring it a little bit back. That and I appreciate you taking to... the time to uh, try to figure out, you know, take your, your initial thoughts and your follow-up thoughts and dissect them and really kind of, like I said, take the time to figure out exactly what those thoughts mean and uh, articulate them into your, uh, into your rating. And uh, it's, it's really interesting to hear what a third party mm-hmm. thinks and how they think and how they evaluate things. So this has been a, very uh very good experience uh, i'd be me. interested to know like what your other what how do they rate the other guests that you've had because like i said i've got like i'm rating based on experiences right which i think is probably how i and preference preference and like how i go about like 90 percent of my life is mm-hmm. like a critique of like mm-hmm. the experience that i had wasn't that great i will give it a nine mm-hmm. out of ten or, or like well not well i guess not that great then i'd give it like a you know four out of ten but if it's great it's like oh, it's closer to that nine out of ten mm-hmm. or you know it's rare i i, I don't want to list out the I things think that anybody's gave... ever rated anything under a five not not at this point so i'm i'm, I'm interested to hear like in the future if, if we ever do find ourselves in in the realm of maybe that five. uh was that town branch oh one of the first few episodes we tried something that was like and it was we just startlingly. Yeah, we just scratched our head for the longest time trying to figure out. So, so let me ask you, what is real quick? What is your core kind of like paradigm when it comes to like trying to rate the whiskey that you're tasting? My, uh, I'm I'm not sure I can uh, uh, think and. Uh, evaluate my uh, definitions on on core and paradigm as far as rating goes uh-huh. um because you know limited intellect over sure. here on this microphone but um <laughs> i uh 
It's so, like when uh, I think that you're fooling us, but that's okay. Like I <laughs> like listen, like uh, I sell but, low to my, make us so you my, feel like we're matching up with you. My main challenge, uh, I can say, uh, and uh, if, if there's a, another way you can articulate that uh, to get the answer that you're looking for, feel free to interject. But my main challenge is sticking to the whiskey or the bourbon or the scotch that we are currently evaluating and tasting and getting to know and being introduced to and not comparing it to something else. Like I've wrestled with this one. Uh, you've heard me mention uh, Maker's Mark several times just because it reminds me so much of, of the OG Maker's Mark, only it's not sour, it's rye. It's like that element, the sour element, has gone out the door and rye has been put in its place. It seems like everything else, and I, it, I might have to do a side-by-side -side on these guys uh, between Whistlepig and uh, Maker's Mark, because uh, I could be totally wrong on this, but I'm just kind of going on memory as far as Maker Mark, Maker's Mark goes. But it seems like they're fairly identical, except for one has rye and one has that sour mash kind of element. But yeah, my, my main challenge is not comparing it to other things. Uh, other things that we've done this night or or previous night, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Does that yeah ballpark the? I think no. I think so. I think that like the essence of, of your question. I think that you're trying to be the most pure that you possibly can. I have like, to be fair. or like, or at least in the moment of like, this is what I feel. Mm -hmm. Do you have Wayne Dubs? Do you have a what is like kind of the cornerstones of like what you're judging based on or is there is there not or is it just based on circumstances because i mean i've already fooled like sure. i've already pulled the curtain behind what i'm doing it's like <laughs> you know this is i think that there probably is but i also think that there's also for me personally there's a large percentage of being in the moment and and what i'm pulling from at that current time beyond the the second tongue and that we've talked about you know uh -huh. which which brings a whole different experience it really with does. it uh, I, I really try to just focus on now and this moment and what I'm kind of feeling and, and pulling off of that and then like I said kind of relating it to that drinkability piece of it and thinking about you know how will this how would this pair in a cocktail? How would this go with other things? The, the 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 taste and the nose and taking all that into account. But for me, it's more so just how I'm feeling in that moment. I think that like I mean I feel like we're covering all the bases, and that's like I think that's I think that's really really cool in the sense of like trying to figure out again. A person that's listening to this what is maybe i should take a gamble on this whiskey versus this whiskey or something like yeah. that because i think that's the hardest that i think that's a hard thing as a listener trying to figure out like what like what is this what is this bringing to the table but having three people say it's doing this is you know we're between seven and eight so if you got a good barometer within yourself 
you can get a good idea if this is the whiskey mm-hmm. for you or this is not the whiskey mm-hmm. for you. And, and the list, listener may agree with us. Listener may completely disagree with us. And uh, but uh, what the listener has um, going for them when they listen to us, yet they're they're getting three completely different perspectives. And but hopefully they they also hear and understand and respect the fact that we are trying to be honest with our mm, with our mm-hmm. evaluations and and, uh, what, and very specific like to this point in time with with w2 uh, with me uh, not comparing it to anything that we've had previously but to itself with uh, uh, our guest uh, Chandler here with uh, with um, his past experience and his preferences everybody's got preferences and like you uh, Chandler you, you you're not a big fan of the super sweets uh, but I am. And Wayne is somewhere mm-hmm. in the middle mm-hmm. ground. Like he he loves them, but he doesn't necessarily have to have them. I don't know about that. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, then you're a little more like me than I thought. But um, in, in my final assessment, this Whistle Pig Small Batch Rye, aged ten years, it's got the oakiness that you would expect from a bourbon, um, instead of a, a caramel flavor uh, that you would expect from a, a bourbon you've kind of got some butterscotch uh flavoring in there uh you've got uh you've got a complexity that you would expect from anything age 10 years you've got a spiciness of the rye uh you've got a uh, the the burn that you would expect from a 100 proof whiskey uh you've also got a carte blanche like a a, a blank page as far as what you could do with it when it comes to cocktails or you know, using it as an ingredient, whether that be as an ingredient for a you know basic run-of-the-mill cocktail, such as an old-fashioned or a uh, uh, whiskey sour, uh, or something a little even more old-fashioned like uh, Boulevardier, or uh, that that I'm going to try. I haven't tried that before, uh, but I think we're going to try that later. But uh, something more designed specific to make the whiskey shine. Or something to make the cocktail shine, so uh, and and be the best that it can be <laughs> in the cocktail glass. Diddy. But whatever, <laughs> I had to throw something in there that rhymed, or my head was going to explode. But <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, this uh, at eighty four dollars, uh, it's 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 worth that money if you are a fan of rye. And I'm definitely a fan of rye, like you, like W two mentioned. This is uh, 100% rye, right? Yeah, which yeah. Ma- which makes it a little bit unique. Yeah, so most others they're not are using no corn, right. no corn, no no barley, no, barley. no dried fruits, no. Uh, it's got no razzle dazzle, yeah. but it's 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 very uh, very honest uh, with with what it's got, and for that I I. I uh, I respect it, and I would uh, I would recommend it uh, to anybody. Like if you like if you like bullet rye, uh, but uh, you don't like how it's got a bit of a a little bit of a sour on the uh, on the finish, you would probably like Whistle Pig Small Batch Rye because it's got a, a unique wooded spice kind of uh, a finish on the end of it that like without knowing the Webster's version of a definition of what wooded spice would be according to whistle pig i mean my my taste buds define it as something that's oaky 
and rye in, in the finish. And I like it. I mean, it wouldn't have gotten a, a 7 out of mm-hmm. 10 from me if I didn't like it. Uh, dear listener, please evaluate that, our thoughts, as you think about trying out Whistlepig. And if you, if you wholeheartedly disagree with what we say, please... Reach out to us. Let us know. Here's the thing. This is the question that I have because, like, I'm doing the research. I'm, uh-huh. you know, I'm just trying to prep like you all. You're, you're, you two are ready, and I'm feel like a rookie just trying to keep up with you, like be able to have the conversation, yeah. right? Yeah, I can see that. And so, here's my trivia question for you all. Okay. So, this, it was the creation of it is from an American-born writer who founded a mm-hmm. monthly magazine. Mm-hmm. You already know the answer to this, I dude. Do. Called the Boulevardier. Mm-hmm. In what place, what city did this magazine well, I'm on held that. from? I do not know the answer to this. Uh, I'll just say right here in Kansas City. Right here in Kansas City? Yeah. Okay. That'd be pretty great. Boulevard. It would be because yeah, we've got Boulevard all over the place. Boulevard. And uh, I'm gonna stick with San Francisco company. because I, I I do recall it being. I, th- I think I remember. I, I, and if I rem- if my memory serves me correctly, 1914. Okay, so you're close. You're about ten years off 1927 to 19 okay. Th- to, okay. to 32 1932. Okay. But the reason why I brought this up is because of. The pronunciation, which you mm-hmm. first brought up, mm-hmm. and what did you say about the like? Pro- Boulevardier. Yeah, it could also be what Boulevardier, which uh, is French. Unit French-ish. Okay, take a guess of the city now. Oh, New Orleans. No, Paris. No, Paris. Paris. Oh, Paris. Yep. Okay. I was, was going to say I don't know a lot of French cities, uh, but I mean Paris is the only one I would know. So I'm interested to know where, like, what the writer was doing in mm, Paris, yeah. and then mm-hmm. like. And more about the inspiration for calling yeah. it, but like now since I don't know French, I don't know how to pronounce <laughs> it. Like with the, right? Because we talked about Italian, right? Which again, we're probably ticking off a lot of people being like, well, that that phrase is not Italian, so stop uh-huh. like treading on our, you know. Yeah, and if you say it like Russian or German, it sounds like a hate crime. Yep. <laughs> so you just want <laughs> to try to stick to the uh, to the peaceful peoples. Boulevardier. Uh-huh. And I, I also don't want to be like a stereotype of like a French person. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, like, do I, like, Boulevardier. Do I? Mm. How Boulevardier. Do, well, look at you. You guys make it sound like we have to drink this with our pinkies out. Oh, I planned on it. I mean, look at these glasses <laughs> you put them in. Where'd yeah, you I, find I, these? I, I mix, mix these up into uh, coupe-style glasses. Coupe-style glasses. Yeah. Which is like this, a shallow wine glass. It is. It's. It's. Uh, it it's doesn't have uh, the the chiseled, angled sides as a martini glass. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's a it's a shallow wine glass, shallow. A, a shorter a shorter stem. This cocktail was introduced to me uh, from my sister. Okay. Uh, my sister is, she loves whiskey. She loves bourbons, but she will not hesitate to tell you she is a gin girl. She loves okay. loves gin, and one of her favorite cocktails is a Negroni. All right. This is the uh, whiskey version of a Negroni. Okay. What's the... Uh, so, it's the exact same... Okay, so gin is for Negroni. Mm-hmm. Okay. Exact okay. same ingredients, exact same measurements. Just substitute your gin for your bourbon or rye whiskey. And okay. in our case, we're 
doing the whistle pig rye. Which a Negroni is an Italian based cocktail, which is interesting. That, that is like interesting. Kind of coming from the origins of it. And so it'll still have uh, Campari and vermouth, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. sweet vermouth. And, and dear listener, if, uh, if you're wondering what sweet vermouth and, and Campari uh, are, I, uh, I had to look it up because I, I wasn't entirely sure myself. Sweet vermouth is also known as a red vermouth or Italian vermouth uh, thanks to its color and origin. Um, it has a significantly sweeter profile than dry vermouth and can include up to 15% sugar. While it's a sweet, uh, or while it's sweet, it's not as intense as uh, sweet liqueurs like amaretto. And uh, when it comes to uh, Campari, is uh, an Italian alcoholic liqueur considered, uh, I don't know how to pronounce this, what's the accent mark over the, over the E? Uh, apartif? I don't know, uh, obtained from the uh, infusion of herbs and fruit and alcohol and water. It's a type of bitters uh, characterized by its dark red color. I did not realize that Campari was considered a bitters. It It makes sense. It it absolutely makes sense. And actually, if you were to taste it by itself, Mm -hmm. that absolutely makes sense because there's a lot of flavor Mm -hmm. (laughs) in Campari Mm. just by itself. But I'm Mm. I'm dying to give this a Yeah, you put a a lot of... of of uh, a work into this one and it's just an ounce and a half of rye whiskey we chose whistle pig 10 year uh, one ounce of sweet vermouth one ounce of campari stirred in ice you, you put it all in the in the just a pint glass well, yeah, yeah pint glass yeah in in ice and you stirred, stirred it. not uh, to anger the spirits yes right <laughs> right i'm not sure how much you're gonna anger these spirits strained into a chilled glass which we uh we put the the crushed ice into the Mm-hmm. into the uh, coupe glasses and then dump that out and then uh, just serve straight up without ice after yeah. you strain it out you garnish it with an orange twist and a barrel aged cherry I, I've really had a good results with before I start making and mixing anything I'll put crushed ice in the glass mm-hmm. and then let that glass sit there while I'm mixing and making the cocktail because it's because I'm building it in a separate glass with a few ice cubes in there so I can then stir it and then I strain pour it in there but while I'm doing all that the glass itself is actually getting chilled I'll, with the, you know, with the I'll do something ice. similar with my uh, with my uh, whiskey glasses mm-hmm. I'll throw them in the freezer like if I have a uh, uh, a, a particular whiskey or, or bourbon or scotch or whatever that I don't want to water down but I do want it slightly chilled. Mm-hmm. I'll chill the glass uh, in the freezer for a little while, and then uh, and then and then do my my two finger pour. Right now, I think it's time we uh, we do taste. a little cheers and we taste it. Try this out. Hmm. There's a depth that the uh, like I'm I'm gonna start with a finish on this on this cocktail. There's a depth that you find in in wine. Mm-hmm. That is that is present on this. Uh, I could taste the the bitter that you were talking about from the Campari, and uh, it's got. Uh, I mean, thanks to Whistle Pig having the uh, what'd you call it, hundred and hundred. Well, this one's just a straight just straight hundred proof. It's it's got some heat. You, I mean, you you can kind of pull some of the ethanol off of that, but it still has everything that Whistle Pig had to offer in this glass. It's got the rye. It's it's got a little bit of sweetness. It's got a full depth and and, and complexity. That I'm finding, even even through the finish on this thing, it's got it's got rye on the tongue. It's mm-hmm. got a dry kind of rye on the tongue. There's a lot of rye that comes out on this. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I feel like it the, showcases it. I feel yeah. I, I was gonna say the the with the Campari and the sweet vermouth. I feel like it really 
brings to light the rye yeah. of this whiskey. It, it pulls from the botanicals that, mm-hmm. that's in the Campari, mm-hmm. I think. I, I think it, it's, def- it's different. This is my first Boulevardier, and uh, I, uh, I like it. I like it. I like it enough to where I might run out and buy the T-shirt. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Chandler, Mr. Johnson, how do you feel about it? I like it's one of those drinks that like you start dividing them up into like taste categories. Yeah. And for me, this is where like let's say like the other drink that we had so far with the whiskey sour. Yeah. You're like on the complete opposite end. Like you I don't feel like like and what I mean by that is not just the sour or anything like that, but there's like we talked about kind of the heat yeah. Or a little bit of the harshness of like the, the rye that's coming through. It's gone, especially with the Yes. The, it's uh, gone in the whiskey sour, it, it was gone yeah. uh, because of the, the egg white and the and the other things added yes. to it. I think that even if you would have used like whistling pig, uh-huh. it would have nulled it in a way Or that, just whistle like, pig. Or whistle pig, sorry. <laughs> right. <laughs> Did I say whistling pig? Sorry about yeah. that. Well it's fine. Wayne said tin talk earlier and I guarantee to you uh, at some point I I'm just gonna say, say tin talk, didn't I? I'm gonna say Sam Stung at some point. So <laughs> don't worry about it. We're all a little mush mouth sometimes. So with the whistle pig, um, mm-hmm. like that you're gonna feel a little bit more like it I think that you're gonna still have that egg white that kind of nulls the taste in a completely different direction. Mm-hmm. With this like it, that with heat boulevardier, yeah. With the heat, you've null, you've nulled it, but like you've talked about accentuating kind of that that rye a little mm-hmm. bit more. Yeah, it, it makes me lean more towards, and I like, and I don't know what to like. I, I might need some help kind of describing it. So this, unfortunately, starts reminding me of like, like the the cough syrup zone. Okay. Mm. Like I get closer to that zone and like, it's not my favorite, mm-hmm. but I, and I get the drink. Like I get that there's this kind of area of these types of drinks where you're like putting it all together and it might lean towards kind of feeling like, like that. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I don't know what to think about that because okay. there's some drinks that I'm like, I do like the sour, I like the sweet. And then there's drinks like this mm-hmm. that I like, but I also am like, this is like a one and done drink that like mm-hmm. I'm not going to come back to it on a regular basis. And mm-hmm. I don't know, like I might have it for the, like the start of the night, get it kind of a little bit out of my system to a certain extent, like experience, uh-huh. and then like move on to something else that like has a sweeter taste and maybe that's just a preference mm-hmm. so i'm just wondering do yeah, you feel that well way could be a, a or preference is it, thing or is just maybe like i have like historical knowledge that makes me feel like or maybe my parents have been giving me instead of <laughs> cough syrup they've, they've been giving you boulevard ears <laughs> yeah how do you feel so, generally about uh, uh rye whiskeys so when we talked about this i like i sh- i struggle with it a little bit so i have the jefferson rye mm. whiskey the, uh-huh. and it's 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 fine, but I think again the heat yeah. really kind of sends me, turns me off in the sense of like mm-hmm. um, making it a a drink that I go or a you know a bottle that I go to like immediately. Mm-hmm. So that's where I probably again it's a preference thing um, mm-hmm. that's that's keeping me from it. But I do feel like, and I guess I'm just saying that like if, you, if we're gonna 
maybe do a little bit of a comparison to another cocktail like with like a whiskey sour mm-hmm. like it you're we're, we're this is in a different quadrant category right yeah the whiskey the sour that feeling it, it has the sour it's not like if if you like sour then you'll you'll probably love a whiskey sour mm-hmm. if you're if you're uh if you're not a fan of sour, like you you had said off mic, that uh, if you're not a fan of sour, don't be discouraged from trying a whiskey sour. It's not it's not like it's it's not like you're you're eating uh, Warheads or Sour Patch Kids. And more specifically, don't be discouraged by drinking a sour that has been like handcrafted, like mm-hmm. elevated in a way that's not just like okay. again the store brought. Mm-hmm. Because right. I think that okay, the, yeah. the the whiskey sours that you like grab the mix mm-hmm. it's just going to be so high in in sour and sugar that it mm-hmm. doesn't give you that full experience with the sour that we had it was just like not too much sour not too much you know not too much whiskey if you don't like whiskey like everything mm-hmm. was balanced and it was great i feel like this with the boulevard boulevardier mm-hmm. like you're it's accentuating more of that whiskey Mm-hmm. In a way that, mm-hmm. like, and I, and I probably because, like you said, with the Kapari, you're having another type of alcohol or like, so like, I think that it's accentuating mm-hmm. more mm-hmm. of like the liquor aspect of a drink yeah. than what you're getting from a whiskey sour, where the only thing that you're having in that is just the whiskey. It's just the whiskey. Uh, to reverse engineer kind of what you said, but it also kind of reverses it completely like what you were saying. I would, like, if you're, if you're going to compare, uh, the whiskey sour to the Boulevardier, you can, uh, I would see the whiskey sour, uh, like you said, it's just the just the whiskey working in there, but it, I'm, I'm looking at it with a little broader scope with all the all the different ingredients going into it, and I'll, I'll do that the same here with the, with the Boulevardier. Like, when it comes to the whiskey sour, it's kind of like, uh, in musical terms, Black Sabbath, where all members are working together to accentuate Black Sabbath. And then the Boulevardier, um, the way it's accentuating the uh, the Whistle Pig, the rye whiskey, um, it's it's uh, uh, all these different uh, aspects uh, and all these different ingredients are working together to accentuate that one part, which is the uh, which is the Whistle Pig uh, rye whiskey. So that would be like Ozzy's solo career, like so like it just like you know not everybody likes Sabbath. But they love Ozzy. Not everybody loves Ozzy. They they would rather have Sabbath with with Ozzy or fucking Dio or you know <laughs> other any other other fourteen singers that they had. But mm-hmm. still, like just uh, I I think I, I think I see exactly where you're coming from. I had to translate it into uh, dumb rocker rocker <laughs> no, head no, no. terms. That's perfect yeah. because I, I think that like I I do feel that way because it I, is rock tales. I'd like to I'd like to to interject in here too that. Oh, no. I think we've all said that you know we we all like this cocktail. Yep. Comparing this to a previous cocktail, uh, the the whiskey sour, I think we all pretty much were down to just the ice cube and the orange slice mm-hmm. within minutes of yep. starting it out, and all of us liking this cocktail. We're taking our time. We're with taking this. our time. We're savoring. It's a, it's a sipper. It's, yeah, a it's a sipper. It's a sipper. And we're sitting. 
mm-hmm. we're savoring absolutely but you know yeah so and there's there's a lot of complexity to this that that we're not even getting to on, on there's the, a lot to unpack with with the on flavors the on here, here. So, and i think that's where i guess when i say something like cough syrup uh-huh. probably goes back to like the sipping like it's not something that like even when you take it and 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 i don't want to degrade this drink when i say cough syrup Right. But it's the best way I can describe it when it comes to something that I'm like, I'm going to need to take my time like with this or like it's like I I take the sip and I stop. And then it's like if you say like like, you know, back when I was a kid where it's like you're going to have to take two spoonfuls of this. It's like, OK, I'll take that first one. Give me a second so I can take this next spoonful uh-huh. because it's just going to I'm going to have to indulge it in a way that is different from drinking something like the whiskey sour or something mm-hmm. that is easy to just kind of digest yeah because the the harshness the heat is there and it's not something that like is for the gulping down i don't yeah. think um so i think that's probably what's what's popping out to me mm-hmm. a little mm-hmm. bit and mm-hmm. um and again i think that you're right with the the, the music metaphor that this feels like less Black Sabbath mm-hmm. and more like Ozzy mm-hmm. in the sense of like yeah. accentuating it. That, that's why I like it. I, I like it because um, I like this uh, Boulevardier uh, because it's um, it's highlighting uh, everything that the uh, the Whistle Pig has to offer. Um, I really like that. And uh, I feel like it's the the pig is whistling. It's yes. it's whistling. It's whistling pig. Yeah. It's whether, whether we like it or not, that's what it is. <laughs> Sorry, Whistle Pig, but uh, you're, you're, uh, you your ain't name... You just whistling Dixie. According to yeah. Chandler, your name has to change. Yeah. Los Siento, bros. I'm, I'm probably not going to be sponsored by them. By the, by the <laughs> end fine. of this, they're like, he can't even get our name right. And he also said that, like, cough syrup, so that's... I'm just really... <laughs> <laughs> They've already blocked you I'm on really, social yeah. media. Yeah. <laughs> So, like I tried to look him up on Instagram, I didn't yeah. see him anywhere. Yeah. Well, that's because he called him cough <laughs> yeah. syrup. But everybody, you you said that I the, called the, the, the cocktail. No. Yeah, the yeah. cocktail reminds you yeah. of. You didn't say it was yeah. cocktail, or you didn't say it was like the the cough syrup of cocktails. No. Not, <laughs> <laughs> What's your name again? What did you? Who said that? My name is Chandler <laughs> Johnson. Uh oh. <laughs> Look me up in <laughs> Kalamazoo everywhere. Hey, 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 hey. Now, now. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't write that down here. Where's my pen? Because uh, I got to, when, uh, when we do the closing of the episode, <laughs> I have to uh, put down where, where folks can find you. Oh, K- heck yeah. A-L-I. Well, right now, I don't want anyone to find me based on uh, my, uh, I'm going to get M- tons of whistle pig hate, hate mail. Nah, come on. What is it? K-A-L-I-M-I. Z-Z-O-U. Z-Z. OU. Okay. I, I appreciate the like in the middle of the conversation promotion right now. I'm going to finish my Boulevardier. Yeah. yeah do you, what do we think of this? Uh, I like it. Uh, for, I mean, first off, if I had to throw a 1 to 10 at it, I'd throw a, um, I'd, I'd throw an 8 at it uh, specifically because of the, um, the experience that, that comes with it. For me, this is not something you want to drink alone. This is something Absolutely. you want to drink with people of like mind and or uh, differing minds because um, you're the kind of person that uh, that not only uh, wants to hear what people what other people have to say, you want to listen to them. You want to dissect 
uh, what it is that they have to say, and you want to mull it over even when the conversation's done. Yeah. So tomorrow, when I'm swinging a paint gun left and right, rubbing both brain cells really hard together <laughs> to do my job, I'm going to use the other ones to actually think about what's going on. Uh, this cocktail here personifies uh, that that uh, that notion because uh, it gives you a lot to think about. The thing I think is interesting about this cocktail, uh, you know, I was pulling out some of our uh, past notes and kind of mm-hmm. kind of comparing, and that, and you know, as we already stated, you know, the Boulevardier is the ounce and a half of rye, it's an ounce of sweet vermouth, and an ounce of Campari. Mm-hmm. To kind of put it into perspective of this drink, uh, a drink that we did with the High West uh, a few episodes back, what we did a uh, High West Manhattan as our cocktail with that. And a Manhattan is two ounces rye, one ounce sweet vermouth, and two dashes of your uh, bitters. Aromatic bitters. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So very, very similar mm-hmm. to this Boulevardier. It's just missing the Campari. Mm-hmm. And you've got the dash of bitters. And the Campari, was it the Campari or the uh, vermouth that is also a bitters? It's the Campari that okay. is the that yeah. is also a bitters. So, but the Campari is made from wine. Like, uh, mm-hmm. what was it... Um, Oh, hell, botanical-infused kind of wine. So I just, I just thought that was interesting, that it's yeah. it's very, very similar to a Manhattan, mm-hmm. but I think that Campari takes it in a completely different direction. Yeah, in a much-needed uh, different direction. Just like with um, uh, any conversation that has to deal with uh, social issues or political yeah. issues. It's a conversation that needs to happen, not a, not a confrontation. Not a, this is my point, and it's the only point. And then, like what you had mentioned before, uh, Chandler, if, if you're not with us, you're against us, that's just completely fucking wrong. Uh, that's all there is to it. But, um, it, it's, I mean, it, it's weird how uh, a cocktail that I was looking forward to get to can turn into such a, a, deep, <laughs> it, a deep conversation. Because yeah. it, that's just how the... Uh, I mean, I, I can wax poetic on just about anything because I can take anything to a nerd fucking level that it probably doesn't belong to. <laughs> but uh, that's just me personally. And this, this uh, well, empty cocktail glass now uh, <laughs> really, uh, it it deserves that kind of conversation, it is, I think. It's perfect. It, like, I'm glad that you brought it all together because I definitely do think that this is that type of drink where... Like I said, like even when we initially started dissecting the mm-hmm. drink itself, mm-hmm. I said I didn't love it. Mm-hmm. But like it is one of those drinks that like I will I'm going to work through to fully understand it. And again, to yeah. kind of go back mm-hmm. to you that. Listened to, to kind the of, cocktail. Yeah, <laughs> listening to the <laughs> cocktail to be able to like to understand it a little bit better. Yeah. And for you two, like it was one of those drink, drinks that's like I really like this. Mm-hmm. And I think that, like, to tie it all together, it is a great example of something to take time. It it, it is very a sipper mm-hmm. type drink. Mm-hmm. It is a perfect kind of conversation drink. That's like let's we'll talk things out. Yeah. We're gonna break some bread mm-hmm. and get a better understanding of each yeah. other. But this drink also is a one that you sip it and and, it, and you're gonna have to like. Take some time to understand it and to see mm-hmm. the notes and understand 
what you like about it, what you don't like about it. Because there's going to be some people that are going to be on my camp <laughs> that's going to be like, yeah, this feels like kind of the, you know, it's whistling. It's whistling, uh-huh. right? Uh-huh. <laughs> and for you. I don't like whistling. Yeah, and for you, you're like, I hear the symphony. <laughs> you're like, I, yeah. I hear it. You know, it's this not is just the whistle. Yeah, There's a lot is, more behind the, it. Give it pig, a minute. This pig is playing mm-hmm. Beethoven, and mm-hmm. it's it's beautiful. You give it a minute, this some bitch is gonna fly. <laughs> this pig is gonna fly. Yeah. That's some pig. That's some pig. <laughs> he went Charlotte's Web with it. <laughs> some pig. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, uh, golly. Uh, I think that's uh, that's a great a, a great way to uh, wrap up this episode of Savor the Burn. Uh, thank you, dear listener, if you've stuck through all this this entire dissection of uh, of uh, of social issues and cocktail. Thank you, thank you, and uh, you know, feel free to share this with uh, with other people of like mind, or with people that are not of like mind, because uh, you know, faith not shaken can never be stirred. I've always said. Definitely uh, continue to check out SaverTheBurn.com where it's constantly being updated by the uh, magnanimous, if that's a word, uh, W2. Uh, check out, check us out on all podcast apps, not just the one you're listening to us on right now, but um, these other ones as well. And uh, share us. Uh, uh, tell people to check us out on these other um, podcast apps, uh, including but not limited to Spotify, Audible, Apple Podcast, Google, Samsung, Pandora, and um, many, many more. Feel free to check us out on socials. Give us that like, the follow on uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube. Just search us for Savor the Burn or at Savor the Burn. Uh, email us directly, info at savortheburn.com. Email me directly, Jonathan, at savortheburn.com or w 2 at savortheburn.com. And if you want to check out anything that our guest, Chandler Johnson, has to offer, which I think he's got uh, incredible perspective, not only on uh, a, a personal perspective of uh, you know people in color, marketing, and or uh, maybe just personal, maybe even professional wrestling, because we've talked about that off mic over <laughs> over Instagram DMs. Like, hey, you checking out fucking Friday night? Woo! You know, that was really fun, funny. Yeah, like, also, fun. like I was and like, eventually, I'm... I had to back off because like this dude doesn't want to fucking talk wrestling for three hours with me. Like he just, well, I just, gotta leave him alone. It was really weird because all of a sudden I was like, I actually am. Like I am watching. Yeah, it's like we just. I'm like, I was hey. like, I'm watching, and you're like, you're like, I have feelings about Gunther, and I was like, I was like, I was I like, really I know Gunther. I, I was like, I, I honestly did not know who. Like I was yeah. like, I don't know who Gunther is, but I was like. I might have feelings about him, yeah, about him too right now. Like I was like I like I was like may, I should hate Good him. Thing. Yeah, <laughs> but definitely check him out. Send him send him all your hate mail on uh, uh, WWE, and uh, maybe you fucking love Gunther. You know, go for it. Whatever the uh, the Imperial fucking whatever it is that they're calling themselves assholes. But uh, <laughs> uh, check out his works on Pick Progress Project. Dot com and check him out pickposters.com you can uh, find him uh, Chandler Johnson at, at LinkedIn if you uh, want to go to his website it's Kalamazoo K-A-L-I-M-I-Z-Z-O-U dot com once again a little slower K-A-L-I-M-I-Z-Z-O-U dot com you can find him on Facebook dot com you can find him on uh uh, Facebook and Instagram. He's not on Twitter, so don't waste your time looking for him there. Just find him, uh, find him where it matters. And uh, thank you, 
one last time, uh, ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, for uh, listening to the Save the Burn podcast. And you know what to do. Keep on burning.